Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Gillum, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And uh, now we, we're getting towards the end of 2019. I, you know, we're just about to move into December and I'm thinking, geez, you know, hasn't the year gone fast? And then I thought, wow, you know, hasn't the last 10 years gone really fast? I remember, I still vividly remember, you know, the GFC, what was going on before, during and after the GFC, but we're, you know... March this year was 10 years since the low in, in 2009. And every now and again, I go back over some of the things that I've written, you know, articles, written um, you know, things in the media, podcasts, whatever I've done, I just go and research or just revisit some of the stuff. Because I always find it's good. What my students tell me all the time and is that they love how we keep bringing them back to what's critical and what is the solid you know, solid, real solid basics of the marketplace and investing and trading. And we keep reminding them of that because at the end of the day, how to ride a bike is how to ride a bike. There's, doesn't matter technology, they're putting, you know, e-bikes out, you know, with batteries and little motors in them and little accelerators and twisting handles and that. But geez, you know, how to ride a bike today is still the same as what you did 200 years ago. You still sit on a seat, you still have some handlebars and you still have to pedal. Yeah, and as the, the guy at the bike, my local bike shop where I bought my um, road bike from, because I do like cycling and yes, I'm a bit of a mammal. Um, I never thought I would be, but I am. I've had a road bike for nearly four years now. So I'm, And I love riding it. I'll be riding on Wednesday actually. I'll be going out for a bit of a ride. Wednesday's generally my day off. But um, as he said to me, he said, Dad, it doesn't matter how much you spend on the bike you still have to turn the wheels around by pedaling. And I went, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? And to me, it's the same thing with the market. There's nothing new in the market. It's just the market just keeps going through cycles. And that's why I quite often will go back and look at things that I did just so I can stay, how do I say it? I was going to use the word honest, but you know what I mean? It's more, uh, and earnest is probably not even the word either, but it's very much something that keeps me grounded, I suppose. is probably a better way of saying it. Because if I get to too technical or too far away from where you might be, whoever you are listening to to these podcasts, because I know a lot of people new to the market listen to these podcasts and just getting into the market and people that are investing. But if I go further away from that beginning or that getting started, then I start talking to the clouds and I might as well be talking to a brick wall for some, for, for want of a better way of explaining it. Not that you're not intelligent, but you know what I mean. It's like we can't get too highbrow and I find sometimes um, the talking heads on TV and I do call them the talking heads and some of these people I know quite well, um, you know, they sit on the TV and they talk about what happened on the market today and I went, well, that means the other beans to anybody. 
you know, at the end of the day, it's how do you make money from it? How do I use it as somebody watching that? What kind of decisions can I make? Don't tell me all this highfalutin economic stuff. And I think that's why, you know, you, I'm constantly getting feedback from you saying how much you love the podcast and how I talk with you rather than at you. And I, and I really like that. Uh, and I do. To me, I, I talk about it. I was chatting to some people in the US only last week who were podcast experts in the US and um, we're going to be doing some work with them and I just said, you know, my whole thing is I'd rather my podcasts are about me or I'd like you to feel that like we're both sitting in the lounge room or sitting at a, you know, a table just having a bit of a chat over a beer or a cup of coffee or something like that and that's really how I like it to go. So, and as I said, I was doing some, just going back over some stuff um, from the GFC because I thought I'd let me go back and look at the emotions at that time and often that's what I teach traders is you know write down what's going on and when you're trading so you know what what was happening today if you're buying a stock today what was happening you know how was it how do you feel what was it like at work what did we you know, family life all sorts of things you're feeling confident you're feeling nervous um, you know what's going on around you because you'll learn exactly what traits are positive for you and what's affecting you negatively and then you'll learn how to avoid making decisions on stocks you own or stocks you sell for that matter um, based when you're when you're not in, the, in a, a right frame of mind and I thought well I'll go back and have a look at what I was writing around the GFC and so I pulled out my first report or my first um, stock market report for 2009 now you know every Monday I do my stock market report on YouTube on Wealth Within TV com.au but that report that I do or that I record on video that's already written on the Friday and that gets sent to journalists around Australia and that report's been going out for probably 15 years every Friday to journalists uh, and it's you know within the fin review you know goes into money magazine every single week it goes into other newspapers every single week um, sometimes we'll get journalists quoting from it from all manner of different websites and that but I thought I'd just go back and have a look um, at what I was writing back there so I went back to my very very first weekly stock market report from January 2009 now we're only four or five weeks out of January 2020 so, but I'll read it to you and then I'll have a little bit of a discussion around it and, and finish that off. But uh, here goes. Hold on tight, guys. Given this is my first report for the year, I thought it would be interesting to look at what occurred in 2008. Highlight what went wrong and more importantly, what you can do in 2009. Let's face it, 2008 was the worst year in history on the share market. So it's no wonder that investors in managed funds who advocate a buy and hold strategy lost on average around 40%. Remember, this is not the bottom yet. You know, we're talking about January, very start of January 2009, not the low in March 2009. Um, I go on to say, but that need not have been the case. I'll just go back a bit. Um, it's, so it's no wonder the investors in managed funds who advocate a buy and hold strategy lost around 40%, but that need not be the case if some simple rules have been put in place by financial planners. The top 20 shares represent 47% of our total market, and in 2008, not one of them made a positive gain. The worst performer was Rio, down 71.63%, which is not surprising, made, uh, surprising um, which not surprisingly made the highest gain in 2007. It was up 
Often what rises really fast also falls really fast, which was certainly the case here. The second worst return was Macquarie Bank, and that was minus 62.19%, which also made a loss in 2007, which was down about 3.46% in 2007. The best performers in the top 20 were CSL, minus 7.3%, followed by Telstra, minus 18.34%, and QBE, minus 22.59%. That's interesting. The average loss for the top 20 shares during 2008 was 37.89%. Okay, And for the seven of the top 20 shares, it was the second consecutive year of negative returns. And that's an important fact, guys. This further highlights that the extreme market conditions that have been prevalent over the past 18 months and why many portfolios have not performed well uh, well during that for the first for the for the past 2 years. There's an old saying that what goes up, up I can't say that. There's an old saying that what goes up must come down and the share market is surely evidence of this. The landscape of the share markets worldwide has changed and so must we. As investors, we need to understand that the share market will fall, and during these times, we need to act to exit shares rather than rely on outdated thinking of buy and hold. In my opinion, the buy and hold mentality was responsible for most of the losses suffered by investors in 2008, and will be responsible for poor returns in the coming one to five years. It is a fact that every four to five years, the Australian market falls at least 20%, and around every 20 years, it will fall closer to 50%. And 2008 was one of those times, with 1987 being the previous occasion. To get good results on your investments in the next few years, you will need to avoid the mistakes of 2008 and take an active approach to managing your investments. As I do not believe that a buy and hold strategy will deliver on the expectations of investors in the future. So what can we expect on the market? Now during the holiday season volumes drop off so it's always harder to determine the market sentiment. That said over the next four weeks as the investment industry gets moving again I believe the market will rise up from next week into late January and possibly early February before we see another short term move down. The volatility we experienced in 2008 seems to have subsided and the panic selling has stopped, which is a good sign. I also believe a lot of the fear-mongering regarding our economy will not eventuate or will be far less than anticipated. And as this year unfolds, more confidence will come back into the market. It now seems as though rational, though rational, it now seems as though rational is prevailing in the market. Um, I'm not even sure what I just wrote then. Uh, it now seems though rational is prevailing in the ma- rationality is prevailing in the market, and overall, I believe it will be bullish up until around May June 2009, before the market falls into its yearly low around August September. Right now, should in should right now investors should be very very careful. I'm flipping my page again. Um, investing in shares outside the top 100. As a word of caution, you should always ensure that any share you hold has an appropriate stop loss to enable you to exit the position if the trade does not fold as expected. I believe there is good money to be had in the share market during 2009 for those with the right knowledge who take an active approach. Until next time, good luck and profitable trading. That's what I wrote, January 2009. Now, isn't that interesting? 
because you can think about it in terms of today's context, but you can also think about it in context of what actually happened. So what actually did happen in 2009? Well, in January, the market rose for two weeks before falling, um, before sliding into the eventual low into March 2009. So it didn't rise till the end of January, rose for a couple of weeks. Um, it was then, the market was then bullish to May, June before falling slightly. So it rose up to May, June, as I thought, and it fell slightly into July, August-ish, but it, you know, that was what happened. It also rose in that first 12 months. Here's an interesting thing. Now, I'll give you some figures. In the five years that I talk about, to January 2014, the market rose 45.32% over the five years, okay? Not a lot. 38% of that return occurred in the 12 months following January 2009. So the market went down into March 2009 and rose back up again, and between January 2009 and January 2010, it made 38%. So that's where I was talking about 2009. My last statement is I believe there is good money to be had in the share market during 2009 for those with the right knowledge who take an active approach. Um, from January 2010 to January 2016, the next five years-ish, six years, the market rose just under 10%. And since January 2016, it's gone up nearly 35%. So that's what I was saying there, and I was saying I thought, well, whilst there's some good money to be had in these first 12 months in January in 2019, that I thought you're going to have to be an active investor for the most of the next five years, which turned out to be really, really true. And it is interesting when you look at that. I mean, Macquarie Bank, if I flip back my page again, you'll know that when I said the best performance was CSL minus 7.32, CSL is one of the best performers on our market now. Um, and so it did so during that time. Telstra was interesting, minus 18 and QBE minus 22. Now QBE has struggled in the last 10 years. Telstra feel, still fell away further after that and hasn't performed well um, during that time. Rio's done good. Uh, it was the worst one, remember, down 71%. Uh, and Macquarie Bank down 62 But Macquarie Bank's been the best performing bank since 2009. So, um, But it is interesting in terms of looking at this and saying, well, what did actually happen during this time? And how right were we? But you can understand if, if you've listened to these podcasts enough and watched my YouTube, you know, some of the stuff I've been saying in there, I'm saying now still. Buying holds not working, you know. It gets you an average return. And people, and like I've talked to you a few podcasts ago about the ASX shareholder survey, how most people want a guaranteed return of around about 8%. You could have creamed the market in the last 10 years just by following some simple rules. And we talk about that in my book, Accelerate Your Wealth, It's Your Money, Your Choice, because that January is where my statistics start or my trading started for my book, January 2007. So I included all of the GFC and we did a very, very good return. We averaged a 12% per annum return um, on the portfolio for that 10 years, which is better than 8% and better than what most managed funds did. In the months following that um, report, I had so many people coming into my office who had managed funds because the market fell away further from January, as I said. And they they were already down 40 to 50%. They were down closer to 60 to 70% by that time. And a lot of people were worried about what they were doing. But have a think about back the mentality at the time. You wouldn't have believed me. Most Sorry, I, I should take that back. Most people didn't believe me when I was talking about this. Because the news around the time was doom, gloom, really bad. And most people were going, oh... They're thinking this is going to go on forever, that they're never going to be able to retire, blah, blah, blah. There's a whole lot of darkness around the market. 
and trading and investing and everybody was getting out. At that particular time, everybody was exiting their managed funds in droves. And yet I was saying the opposite was going to happen. So this is where, you know, often people, even now, like the last 12 months or 18 months, a lot of people saying to me that the market's going to crash. You know, we're going into recession, et cetera, et cetera. And I keep saying, no, it's not, you know, because it's not the same. Right now, it's not the same as what it was in 2007. When things are very rampant, that starts to stress me out because when they're rampant speculation, that means the opposite's got to happen. The market's got to pull back and we're getting that in 2006 and 2007 with the longest bull market we'd ever seen. And the longer it goes up in time and price than it ever has before, the higher probability for a crash and the bigger the crash will happen, the more it goes on in time and price. And that's exactly what happened right now. The market's looking good. We've only just made a new all-time high. Only just. So to me, the market is really, really good and there's nothing to be worried about. But it's we do learn from history that we can't look to the past all the time because we need to invest and trade for the future. So my question to you is, what are you doing that's different now? If you were around in 2007 and look at what I wrote there looking at that and thinking about that, have a think about what you were doing in 2007 and have a think about what you're doing today in 2019. And is your philosophy different? Are you doing things different? And if you're not, why not? That's my question. And also, what are you learning from that? Because we're always doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past unless we learn from them and people don't learn from them. That's what history keeps telling us. So my advice to you is to get active Keep your portfolio going and learn how to buy and sell and set stop losses and etc. So, you know, if you're a little bit afraid of doing that, just get my book. That'll teach you and then paper trade for a while and then move from that into maybe one of our courses or something like that. But, you know, to me is we need to look at that heart, that past and then make the decisions for the future because I can't, as a fund manager and an active trader, I can't look at that and go, well, you know, I've got to do what I did back then. I've got to do always be improving and getting better because that's what our clients uh, require of us, myself and Janine. Uh, as you know, you've been listening to Janine's podcast, but hopefully you've enjoyed this little bit of a take or walk down memory lane, I suppose, from there. But I might find some others and maybe quote them to you and just to share with you because it was really, really good to get that reality check on what you were doing back then what you're doing now and bring you back to that solid foundational stuff that just works year in, year out. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com. And click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.